Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night, whatever time it is where you are, welcome, and thank you so much for listening in. My name is Key, and this is Musings in Real Time. This is episode two, and today we're musing about behavior. So I asked on the last episode for you to think about some of the behaviors you engage in whether they are good behaviors or bad behaviors. And the reason I wanted you to think about that is because our behaviors say a lot about who we are as individuals. And they also say a lot about what we're going through and how we're feeling and what's going on with us. Humans are social creatures, right? So, We behave in ways that others expect us to behave so that we can continue to be social. If you are behaving in ways that are not socially acceptable, chances are you're going to be asked to separate from everyone else or it's going to cause some conflict. And a lot of people and I am one of these people, Um, as children, we sort of fall into these behaviors that aren't our own, that are actually behaviors that others exhibit because we're trying to get the same results. And that sometimes leads to us not fully being ourselves. I have certain behaviors that signify a mood change is coming, right? And these behaviors, if you don't know what you're looking for or what you are looking at, these behaviors seem perfectly harmless, maybe even normal to some people. But for people who know what they are looking for or what they are looking at, they will see me doing certain things or hear me say certain things and in their brains, they will realize that a shift is about to occur, right? So when we think about the way that we behave, uh, there's this basic level, right? Behaviors that stem from our emotions. I am smiling because I am happy. I am laughing because I am in a good mood. Um, And then there are other behaviors that maybe are not as basic. You know, as children, a lot of us learn, this is what you look like when you're happy. This is what you look like when you're sad. Like if you're crying, you're sad. And I understand the purpose of teaching that. And it's a good place to start. But for instance, let's take crying. Not everyone cries when they are sad. And so for some people that may create this pressure, like, am I really sad because I'm not crying? Or from the perspective of other people, is this person really sad because they aren't crying? They don't feel sad at all. There are no tears, right? Both are very damaging. But also we 
have to remember that crying is a result of other emotions as well. So some people cry when they're laughing really hard. They're not sad. They're actually in a very good mood. Uh, Some people cry when they are angry. I'm one of those people. I cry when I'm angry because I am trying so hard to hold so much in and to hold so much back. And that's just my body's response. Um, It's kind of a joke among some people (laughs) that uh, when you're dealing with someone who cries when they're upset, you should probably shut up and run and just, just get away. Just, you know, abort mission. <laughs> if you're in an argument, that argument needs to end because who knows what is going to happen next, right? But this is a behavior that, you know, you kind of get to know yourself. So if anything abnormal happens, let's say I cry because I'm happy, I cry when I'm upset, and I cry because I'm sad. But suddenly I find that I'm crying a lot and it doesn't always align with what's happening. That's an abnormality you would pay attention to, right? It's going to be a lot more difficult to pay attention if it aligns with the things you think it should align with. And that's when we kind of look at frequency. Okay, yes, I do cry when I'm sad. I've been crying a lot lately. And when I sit down and think about it, I have been sad a lot lately, right? That's the the path that we want to follow when thinking about whether our behaviors are within our own normal range or not. Um, Going back to shifting moods. So I will shift moods and some of my behaviors will signal if I'm about to shift into an elevated mood or into a depressed mood. And sometimes things don't go the way I expect. And I've had friends who recently asked me what they should look for. But it's so difficult because, first of all, they're not around to see it. And when people see it, again, like I stated earlier, it's not really something that would signal that something is happening that shouldn't be happening. For example, singing. I love to sing. I love to sing. I have always loved to sing. Am I great at it? No, (laughs) but that's okay. I love to sing along to music on my playlist, but it's not something that I just do, right? I'm not just, excuse all of this noise in the background, (laughs) but I am not just singing for no reason. There's probably music on. Now, when I start to sing and there is no music on and I start to sing all day long from morning to evening or morning to night or in the middle of the night, um, or if I'm standing or sitting around for hours singing, that's a sign that something is not quite right. 
And a lot of people would think that's nothing. Like <laughs> you just singing, you enjoy music. True, I do enjoy music. I enjoy lots of different music styles. Um, show tunes are great. I love show tunes. But most likely, if I'm singing a whole lot of show tunes <laughs> all day long, that is a sign that maybe something is not right. Something that could be so innocent for other people. Something that if you see me do it, you will probably just think, oh, she loves singing. She loves this type of music, right? Um, another behavior, a negative behavior, because I've, I've asked you all to consider positive and negative behaviors. We don't want to just think of one side and completely neglect the other, right? Balance. So a negative behavior I engage in is I'm already not very social. So for those of you who are also not very social, do not interact with others a whole lot. Um, sometimes people may have a difficult time seeing when you have withdrawn and when you've isolated yourself because you already do not engage as often as others may engage. So I do not initiate conversation with people. If I say something, it is oftentimes because I have a thought I want to share and I don't intend for it to be a conversation, but the other person may create a conversation from it. Um, I more so respond to people. So like sending texts, I don't really send texts to initiate conversations. Um, I might tell people, good morning, um, and I don't do that every day. And it's certain people that I may say good morning to because that is a norm that has been established in my brain for this specific person or these specific people. Um, but oftentimes I don't go day to day just having random communications with people. So it would not be that easy for people to see if I've withdrawn or isolated because I already don't socialize much. However, I know I can tell the difference and that often will signal that I am probably going to be in a depressed or sour mood uh, soon. Another Thing that we often have trouble thinking about are our eating habits and our sleeping habits. Two things that are very important to human life. Um, and it's not one size fits all. So what works for you may not work for someone else. We have people whose norm for sleep is five hours and they're good. That's their norm. No, it's not the recommended amount, but it works for them. We have some people who need like 10 hours to be good. Again, that is not the recommended amount, but it is their norm. So I feel like a lot of us have a difficult time understanding what our norm is because we're trying to stay awake longer to do X, Y, Z, or we try to get up earlier to do X, Y, Z. And 
I understand that bedtime is a big deal for children. A lot of children don't like it. And a lot of children have them. They have them for a reason. And then as we grow up, I kind of feel like a lot of us get rid of the idea of an established bedtime. I don't know about you guys, but as a child, I thought that it was childish. <laughs> it's for kids. Like adults don't have bedtimes, right? And even as an adult, I do not see where a lot of other adults have a bedtime. What makes it difficult is life from looking at the people around me. So people are staying up late to work. People have children that they are trying to tend to. You know, people are trying to spend time with their spouse because they're both at work all day and this is the only time in the day that we have and we're on different schedules. People are trying to have a social life. I don't really see my friends. There's an event happening tonight. We want to make it work, right? Um, so there are a lot of reasons why adults may not have the time. But I have decided for myself that I needed to establish a norm for sleep because I deal with insomnia. And a lot of the times it is me struggling to fall asleep. Um, but sometimes it's me struggling to stay asleep. So I will, if I am able to go to sleep earlier, I'm most likely up in the middle of the night. So I figured a good way to alleviate that, even if not in its entirety, is to establish a bedtime. So now I, I don't get rid of electronics at bedtime completely. I get rid of interaction. And I know the recommendation is that you not watch television and be on your phone. I want to say a, a couple of hours prior to you going to sleep. I will be honest, I don't do that. I may lay in bed and attempt to watch something. Um, it has definitely helped me because I oftentimes will fall asleep on whatever I am watching. And if I am on my phone, I am not talking to anyone. I may be watching TikTok videos or a YouTube video, even uh, with Twitch, because Twitch prompts social interaction for me because I like those people and I want to spend this time with those people. And I want to talk to those people, but I know that what will happen is I am not going to go to sleep. My brain is going to be reactivated because of the social interaction and I'm going to be up later than I intended. So I just learned myself and the bedtime has actually helped um, with the insomnia. So now if I become insomniatic, <laughs> I don't know if that's a word, if it's not, we're gonna make it one. But if I'm having trouble with insomnia, I know that most likely a shift is going to occur. Um, so that's something that I can pay attention to. It has fallen outside of my norm, right? Having insomnia is no longer a nightly thing for me. It's, it's not my norm anymore because after establishing that bedtime and sticking with it, my norm has become most likely to sleep through the night. I still will sometimes get up earlier than anticipated, but it may be like four something 
instead of one something and again at two something and again at three something, you know? Same thing with eating, right? We have to establish our own eating habits because when you have a habit, it's going to be easier to recognize when something is not right. Um, so I've been having a lot of trouble with remembering to eat and honestly with neglecting myself and, and not eating when I should for reasons that we won't get into today. But I was taught that you need to eat three meals a day. So when that was possible, it happened. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, as a child, if the food was available, that's what I had. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. As an adult, I have moved away from three meals a day. And if I'm giving it a fair effort, I will eat when I am hungry. So if I happen to not be hungry at lunchtime, I don't want to eat just to say that I ate lunch. I will eat when I am hungry. Sometimes I'm not hungry in the morning and so I, I won't have breakfast. Um, but what most likely will happen if it's a weekday is I will become hungry around 10 o'clock. So I need to either have breakfast with me at work or like some kind of snack. And dinner, I love dinner. I think it's my favorite meal of the day to the point where I will eat leftover dinner for breakfast. I like it more than breakfast food. Um, but I have discovered that like six o'clock is dinner time in my mind, but oftentimes I want my dinner around like four o'clock. Six o'clock is kind of late to me now, especially if I have to cook dinner because I most likely can't even have dinner ready at six o'clock, which means I'm probably eating closer to seven or eight, which is pretty close to my bedtime, too close to my bedtime. But sometimes I will go a few days without following a normal, for me, eating schedule. Um, I went months just eating once a day, once in the evening. And that was not a good idea. That was not healthy for me. And that was not normal for me. But I couldn't stopped to process that information long enough to see it was a problem until it had been months. And I'm like, hmm, this is not right. So changing my eating habits, if I start to eat too much, which some of us go through that emotional eating, eating way too much, eating when you're not hungry. Um, some people eat things just because they want it anyway. I'm not that person. Again, if I'm a little hungry, then I may take the time to eat something like cookies. I don't really eat a lot of cookies, but usually it'll be like after dinner. It won't just be in the middle of the day and I'm not hungry and don't really want a meal or a snack. And I'm just like, let me have a cookie. Um, So that's a norm that I've established for myself. So if I am just eating all day long, just snacking on things here and there, or if I'm eating specific things, like lately it's been Utz potato chips. 
Like I would just eat entire bags of Uts potato chips and not the little bags. Like I buy the big bag and I'm just eating chips all the time. That is a clear sign that something is not right. This behavior is not normal for me, especially since I don't even like those chips like that <laughs> to just sit there and gobble them up like that. So that's some uh, indicators for me that, you know, things may be going on a decline that I need to pay attention. Why is it important to recognize your behaviors, repeated behaviors? Well, they help you keep track of yourself. They help you to uh, keep yourself in line. You have to live life every day. Um, you don't want to wake up after a few weeks and realize that you've been problematic for yourself or for other people, right? Um, so if you catch these signs early that something's about to happen for you or you catch these signs that maybe something is not right with you emotionally or mentally, you have a better chance of dealing with it appropriately and reducing and sometimes even eliminating the issues that come with that, right? And then I know a lot of us don't like for people to tell us about ourselves, but you don't know everything about you. Some things can only be observed by other people, right? So other people should be able to look at you and say, hey, you know, I noticed that this is happening what's going on. I have a friend who's amazing at that. She's absolutely incredible at it. Um, a lot of my friends are actually, but one of my friends will just listen to me because another, another behavior change is um, how talkative I am. If I am talking a lot and talking fast, um, that's unusual. I'm usually um, pretty quiet. Like I said, I tend to respond but if I'm just going, 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 she's going to probably ask me, even if she has already asked me about what's happening and what's going on with me in my life to get to the core of the problem. Because somehow she knows that I can say that I am good and things could be awful, but my brain is registering it as good, like everything's okay. And to get to the reality of it, I've got to talk and just talk about what's happening, but I don't talk about what's happening unless prompted to. So having friends and family who are able to notice when something is not right, to notice when you're operating outside of your norm, um, whether it's for good or for bad, that's amazing. That is amazing. And a lot of times I feel like people are looking for just the bad, right? Looking to see if something is not quite right in a negative way, but there's positives too. Um, if someone has been in a slump and all of a sudden they seem like they're doing better, that's something that you would want to notice. That's a positive thing. Um, if things seem like they are going well for that person, and the last that you heard, things weren't going so well. That's that's fantastic, actually. That's something that you want to hear. Um, friends and family 
help us to stay um, in a pretty good range. If they know what they're looking for and if they pay enough attention and if they are close enough, like I said, humans are social creatures, whether we want to be or not. <laughs> I truly don't think that we are meant to be alone, which is why sometimes you can't help but to connect to some people. And everyone may have a different perspective to bring. This person may notice this thing faster than others. This other person may notice this behavior when no one else does. And that's what makes it so great, right? Think about those cheesecakes in the store. They're whole pies, but they're different flavors that make that pie. That's kind of like how our relationships work, right? And we're kind of the center. Make yourself a little ornament on the top or something at the center. But these different individuals bring these different things together for us. And that helps to make us whole. So that's just something um, I've been thinking a lot about for myself, these different behaviors I engage in. The, when I realized, when I thought about the singing thing, like that was <laughs> the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> because I really will stand in my bathroom for like two hours singing the same song. I'm not even singing different songs. I am singing the same song over and over again on repeat in the dark. That is not okay. And I told one of my friends that she thought it was funny and it is funny except when I have things to do and I am trying to get things done. Then it is not so funny. Then it's a problem. Um, so noticing little behaviors like that. But that is just something to think about. Uh, for the next episode, I do, <laughs> I've been uh, feeling some intense feelings lately and a lot of anger and frustration. So I think that we should all think about in the same vein as behaviors, you know, how we respond to anger and thinking about like what triggers your anger, right? What makes you angry? And it could be like you just are a little angry or it could be something that fills you with rage because there are some things that get us enraged instantly. So just thinking about what makes you angry and we'll sort of talk about um, dealing with that anger in appropriate ways. But that is my time for today. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you being here. Have an amazing day or night. And if it's not so amazing, do at least one thing that will make it a little more amazing. I will catch you on the next episode. Bye.